Hello, I'm Sarah Archer and welcome to episode 94 of the Speaking Club podcast. My daughter Izzy is a practicing vegan and I'm sure when she discovers how to resist bacon, she'll get it right. Welcome to the Speaking Club podcast because making them laugh is the secret sauce to your speaking, pitching and business success. And now your host, Sarah Archer. Hey, thanks for joining me. It's lovely to have you listening. Now, if you are a regular listener to the Speaking Club podcast, then you'll know that I believe that becoming a story-led speaker is the best way to get your message to engage and stick with your audience. But first of all, you need to get in front of an audience. And to do that, I believe you need to have something different to offer. Now, if you listened to episode 92, you'll know that award-winning author and entrepreneur Joanna Penn and I talked about why you should be niching down to stand out. And so that's why in this show, I thought I'd share a bit more about what a niche is and the different ways that you can create one so that you had a better idea of what exactly we meant by that. And I'm hoping this episode also gives you more food for thought and another angle to come at this from. Right, so there are two traps that we can fall into in business and speaking. The first is trying to appeal to everyone, and the second is trying to be better than the competition. And both of these actually have the same problem at their core, and that is this. Today's online world offers so many opportunities, but it also means that there are lots more people vying for attention. And in the speaking space, well, there's, it, the numbers have grown exponentially. So there's loads of people doing it. And that's why it's an absolute necessity for you to create your own space so that you stand out and the right people can find you. But what I want to do is look at these two traps in a little bit more detail. So let's have a look at the first trap, trying to appeal to everyone. Now, if you have a message that's trying to appeal to everyone, the chances are it will reach no one. And it will likely mean that you are in the wishy-washy middle. Now, I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before. And what I say is that in order to attract the right people to hear our message, We mustn't be afraid to share our opinions and be polarizing. People want to know what you stand for. They want to hear your point of view. And yes, you may well get people disagreeing with you, but chances are it will resonate with the others too. And those are the people you want to attract. Now, you may have come across a chap called Gary V. He is one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Not only because people want to try and emulate the business success he's had, but also because he has a strong and quite divisive message. And it's pretty much about hustling and working hard. Okay, so another person that I often talk about on this show, Sir Ken Robinson, also has a divisive message. And you'll find it in his wildly popular TED Talk, where he's actually criticising academia and the way that creativity is treated in schools. And yet it's one of the most watched TED Talks ever. 
Now, he also has humour in it. And as you know, I'm a big humour advocate, and I think that's also a big part of the success of that one. But he is not afraid to be polarising and sharing his opinions in that talk, and it hasn't done him any harm. So this is the first thing I want you to take away. Be opinionated about your specialist subject and what you care about. The second trap is where you're focused on being better than the competition. Now, whether you're an entrepreneur, a speaker, an author, a coach or a consultant, if you are trying to be better than the other people in the space you're trying to go in and everyone else in that space is also claiming that they are the best, then you're going to force your target client and audience to compare. And the first thing that they're going to compare on is price. This is what happens in business too. And once there's, you know, they, the only way they can start to differentiate you is on price, that's what forces a race to the bottom. And it's a bloodbath for everyone. So what is the antidote to being better? I've mentioned it already. It is being different. And that's where niching comes in. You have to find a new angle and start small to grow big. So I heard a story the other day about a guy who'd been through a midlife crisis that nearly cost him everything, including his life. But he made it through and discovered strategies, tools and tips for doing that. And he decided that after that experience, he wanted to become a coach to help others avoid some of the issues he had faced. So his own business coach had suggested niching down from talking to everyone who was having a midlife crisis so that his message was more focused and relatable. So he initially uh, thought he would focus on men and his coach challenged him again and asked him if he could narrow it down even more and also what he'd done previously in his career and he replied that he'd been a lawyer and then his coach said to him well what type of lawyer and he said corporate and so that's what he did he focused in on men who were corporate lawyers who were having a midlife crisis and because he knew precisely the type of experiences these men would be having his message was so much more honed compelling and powerful. And one thing to note here is that he didn't just get corporate lawyers as clients in the end because his message spread and that will happen to you too. Right, so I understand that niching down is scary and that's because it's counterintuitive. It feels like we are potentially closing off a big chunk of the market. But in actual fact, the opposite is true. Because when you play in that wider market, you end up fighting over scraps. But when you create your own niche, your own category, you become known as the category king or queen. And the stats confirm that when you are the first in a category, you get 76% of the market share. And it's everyone else that's fighting over the scraps. Does that all make sense? I mean, you can see it. Look at, look at Apple. Look at uh, Uber. Look at, you know, Lyft are never going to get to the same level. Look at Coke and Pepsi. 
Pepsi stupidly actually went into the better game and have never they'll never be able to catch up because immediately they're comparing themselves to Coke and and putting Coke on the pedestal as the category king in that space. So, yeah, hopefully that will make sense to you. Now, before I give you some tips on how you might niche down, I wanted to tell you about a famous article written by a chap called Kevin Kelly called 1000 True Fans. And I'll link to it in the show notes as well. Now, in this article, Kevin argues that to be successful in business, you don't need millions of customers, clients or fans. You only need 1000 true fans. And he says, it's unlikely that there is a single product idea or desire without a fan base on the internet. Everything made or thought of can interest at least one person in a million. And that's quite a low bar. And even if only one out of a million people were interested, that's potentially 7,000 people on the planet. That means that any one in a million appeal can find a thousand true fans. And the trick is to practically find those fans or more accurately to have them find you. And that is by you articulating their gap, their problem and evangelizing about it until you get known for it. Right, so now we know the importance of niching. Let's look at ways that you can do it. You could niche through what you speak about or how you speak about it or who you speak to. Let's have a look at the first one, what you speak about. Okay, so in the world of business and speaking, there are three key markets, health, wealth, and relationships. And everything falls into those three categories. Now, which one are you in? Then there are sub-markets, and I ideally suggest that you go at least four deep. So the main market, the sub-market, then a further sub-market, then your niche, okay? So for example, uh, my first market level is wealth, my next level is business, my third level is public speaking, and my fourth level is story-led speaking, and you could probably add in a fifth there with a bit of humor. So you can also focus in on one specific part of a subject and go really, really deep to solve a specific problem. Let's take storytelling, for instance. You all have heard me say before that every story needs a hero or heroine, a desire and conflict. And people may well struggle on one of these things, like how to successfully create conflict in your story. If there was someone who was specialised in conflict, and this is what you want to get better at, then that's who you're most likely to go for for help. Another example here, if you had a heart problem and you turned up at the hospital and they said, oh, look, we've got three uh, surgeons here. The first one, he is a generalist surgeon. Uh, the second one, he's also a generalist surgeon. And the third one, she's a heart surgeon. Which one are you going to go for? Exactly. The heart one. So the more you can niche down, the less competition you'll have and the easier it will be for your target client you know, whether that's a corporate company or an association or a person to find you. Okay. Next niche is how you speak about it. And this could be about the way you deliver your talk, 
how the audience experience it. Maybe use a lot of technology, maybe props. Maybe you focus heavily on humour. You use music or mime, that'd be interesting, um, and so on. The options are like, there's loads of them. It's just limited by your imagination in terms of how you speak about something. Now, I've mentioned also on the show in the past about a chap called John Acuff, and he is known for being funny. And yes, he speaks about more mainstream topics, but he delivers the talk differently to other speakers because of his huge focus on the funnies. There's another guy called Michael Port. He's a very dramatic speaker. Uh, he has a lot of performance in his talk, and that's because his background is an actor. So he's played to his strengths. Now, the last one is who you speak to. And this type of niche is about the person or group you're speaking to. For instance, you could have a more mainstream topic like productivity, but you could niche it down so it's productivity for HR professionals or Catholics or teachers. Or you could combine Christianity and Christians and do a double niche. So like the, again, it's, you know, it's really honing in on the target. So when I'm work, working on the marketing coaching side of what I do, I love to use an example of a company called Nerd Fitness here. And I feel like I only have to say the name and you can get it. It's so clear who they're targeting. And for the nerds, misfits and mutants, it fine, as they're called in the, in the messaging, it finally feels like they have a home in the fitness world. And the company has fitness levels based on gaming. And actually, as, as I mentioned about combining niches, not only does nerd fitness niche on who, but they don't have any gyms. So they've niched on the how as well. It's all done online. So I want you to think about your speaking and how you are niched. Do you have a specialism? Do you deliver your product or service differently? Do you have a very targeted customer or a combination of all of those things? And getting clear on this is really, really important. Now, I used to play tennis at a reasonably high level. And one of the things I was always looking for on every point was a winning angle. How could I serve the ball or play the shot and get it at an angle where my opponent either couldn't reach the ball or return it? And what I'm talking to you about today is all about finding that same winning angle for your speaking or business built around perhaps a superpower that you've got, your zone of genius or a particular interest you have. And, and that makes you then out of reach of most of your competition. And the important thing to remember is that when you have identified the gap or the problem that creates the niche for your talk, then your job is to articulate that problem better than anyone else and keep evangelizing about it until you become known as the go-to speaker for that thing. Okay. Right, your takeaways for this episode are, in order to stand out, you have to niche down. Don't try to be better, be different. Evangelize the gap you fill until you own it. Start small to grow big and focus on building your niche, not your brand. That will come later. Fantastic. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show and it gave you food for thought. And if you did get value, 
I would love it if you could take a couple of minutes to leave a rating or review for the show on iTunes. It really helps me. I love getting the feedback and it helps the show get found by other people who may need help to grow their public speaking confidence or skills. And, oh, I wanted to say, if you want to take your speaking to the next level or build up your confidence to start speaking, then why don't you join me for a live webinar masterclass to get the lowdown on my blueprint for creating story-led talks that engage and inspire your audience. And you can grab your place for that live masterclass. I think you have a choice of two times. Mm. At thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. That's thespeakingclub.com slash masterclass. Well, before I go, just want to say, as usual, thank you so much for taking the time to listen and for choosing the Speaking Club podcast. I know there are loads out there and it means a lot for me that you take the time to listen to this one wherever you're doing that. And yeah, that's it. Have a wonderful, wonderful week, a fabulous weekend. And don't forget to grab your life by the nuts and get niching. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Speaking Club podcast at www.saraharcher.co.uk.